Now, making a cup of tea in the stamp household is always a bit of a palaver because I drink tea. And what do you drink? Coffee. She loves her coffee. But we're going to have a go now at making one tea and one coffee. Now, the difficulty is that you haven't got to mix the spoons up because tea <laughs> tastes horrible <laughs> with a little bit of coffee in it. Yeah. I like it. I like some more organic. You've got your. That one's already got coffee in it. You're going to use reuse that. Yeah. That cup. It's okay. Okay. It tastes awesome. It does. So here we are, enjoying our teas and coffees. Welcome to the St John's Church podcast. <laughs> Roger Stamp, bringing you music and chat from all your friends. And this week, entirely by coincidence, they're all ladies. Kay Tucker, getting a good night's sleep in lockdown. I've slept better than I have for years. Without exception, I've just slept, and so has Paul, absolutely wonderfully. Nicola Bridgman, with comment on this week's news. We seem to have this sort of narrative or this culture now of annihilating or destroying or completely roasting particular individuals for their misdoings or their misconduct. Rachel Ellis will teach me how to pronounce the title of a German tune. Schön Rosmarin. Uh, let's have a go. Schön Rosmarin. Schön Rosmarin. Schön Rosmarin. More of that later, and I'll brush up on my pr pr pronunciation. <laughs> Can't even say an English word. But first, let me take you round to Kirsten McCorkle's house for a cuppa. Roger said, well, record yourself making a cup of tea or anything. So that's what I'm doing. I'm going to have a cup of ginger tea and sit out in the shade under the apple tree. It's so hot today. Do you think ginger tea is a good idea for Pentecost? Should it be ginger to ginger us up or peppermint to pep us up? Well, ginger it is today. Not fennel. Fennel's for calming down. I've had to stop having ginger tea at night. I used to have those weird dreams if I had ginger tea. So night times, I stick to peppermint. It doesn't seem to give me quite such, well, quite such insane dreams. I've just finished reading the book of Daniel. It starts quite sensibly with lions, dens and things, fiery furnaces. But then actually, I think he was eating cheese after bedtime, late in the evening. Or maybe drinking ginger tea before he went to bed. Because poor man, all those visions, I was reading them. It's just quite a swirl of incomprehensibility. Horns with eyes and all this kind of palaver. 
you just had to let all the pictures just wash over you unless of course you're fantastically interested in working out who it was who came from the north and the south and the east and the west and what the ram with all the eyes on his horns was all about if I could go back in time maybe I'd give Daniel a couple of sachets of peppermint tea fancy trying to do a day's work having spent the whole night watching all that go on in your sleep kettles boiled water in the teapot in with the ginger and I shall make up a little tray with a cup and saucer let's do it properly teacup non-matching saucer teapot and down to the bottom of the garden where I shall sit under the apple tree in the shade and start reading a less exciting book of the Bible something with fewer visions maybe just for a change Kirsten McCorkle played The Steadfast Love of the Lord. If you would like to record a short piece of music or chat for this podcast, you can do it using a voice recording app on your phone, then email it to me. I'll put it in the next podcast. If you need help with the technical things, just ask me, I'll talk you through it. Send me a message on Facebook, I'm Roger Stamp, or the St John's Church Facebook page, or email me at bbh.mag at gmail.com. I'm also the editor of the Village Magazine for Broadbridge Heath. Nicola Bridgman sent me her comment on this week's news. This is my little mini podcast on the topic of our media, um, in particular our tabloid media, and how it reflects our society. Um, Because as we know, in this age of social media and uh, generally a very high freedom of speech due to unregulation of what is put out there. We seem to have this sort of narrative or this culture now of annihilating or destroying or uh, completely roasting particular individuals uh, for their misdoings or their misconduct. I'm thinking topically at the moment of Dominic Cummings and his breaking of the rules in regard to COVID-19. Whether you agree or disagree, one of the things that has alarmed me is wondering about his mental health and wondering how does he not go home and 
you know, think about, well, basically not carrying on. Um, to be the most hated person in Britain uh, at the moment is, is, is quite a hard label to uh, ha- be stuck with. And in general, before this, of course, we can look at topic, you know, topically who else has been in the firing line. It's been Meghan Harry, it's been Theresa May, it's been Boris, it's been, you know, a number of people. And sadly, Caroline Flack, who took her own life due to basically misadling by the press uh, of her domestic affairs. And I kind of thought back to William Golding and Lord of the Flies and how Piggy was treated on the island when his, um, everybody ganged up against him. And it's sort of like we have this culture of who are we going to make Piggy this week? Who's Piggy? Who are we going to annihilate? Who are we going to destroy? And so I started looking at Lord of the Flies and... A quote by Golding says, In Lord of the Flies, Golding argues that human nature, free from the constraints of society, draws people away from reason towards savagery. Golding's underlying argument is that human beings are savage by nature and are moved by primal urges towards selfishness, brutality and dominance over others. So, do we think that human nature is predominantly savage? That is something, of course, Christianity tries to steer us away from is it something that we can steer away from is that why the teachings of jesus were so important because this savagery as golding calls it is so prevalent in human nature so i was wondering whether there were references in the bible to this and whether um it's something that we agree with that without the constraints of society this is where we are nicola bridgman hello everyone rachel ellis has a jolly tune uh, let's have a go sean rosmarlin sean sean rosmarin sean sean rosmarin sean ros this is a little piece called Schoen Rosemarin by Fritz Kreisler that I played for my street last Thursday. And that's going to be my last one. So I'm not quite sure what I do after that, but here goes. Thank you. 
Rachel Ellis. More music and chat now from Kay Tucker. Hi there. We're beginning our 13th week of lockdown. The Tucker family went into lockdown a week, roughly, before the rest of the country. And I rather suspect that with two members of a family who are in the shielding group, we're going to be amongst the last to come out of lockdown, whenever that is going to be. So what has been happening to us over these 13, well, 13 weeks, yes. One is that I've slept better than I have for years. Without exception, I've just slept, and so has Paul, absolutely wonderfully. The other thing that has happened is that I've had to really learn to let go yet again. Trusting God with my future and with my present and knowing that his love is so deep and so great for us all and that he really is truly going to look after us and meet us in every situation. I've been also learning to move at God's tempo. I'm by nature a very, very busy person and I've often abused myself by working way, way too hard and really pushing myself in ways that are probably not good for my physical and mental health. The other thing that's been amazing and such a surprise is the sort of creative side of things that have developed over the lockdown period. I've been regularly exploring new technology, which I've I'd never had time to do before, and also playing with myself on the cello, improvised versions of my favourite hymns. And that's something that I've never done before. I've even written a new worship song. Again, something that is totally new. And yet, looking back, I feel, I sense that God had been speaking to me about finding time to develop those particular gifts. I can trace a lot back, I think, to a time of 18 months ago, the end of 2018, when I was really pretty ill. I had just been to say goodbye, a final goodbye to my father-in-law who was dying in ca of cancer. And in the afternoon when walking our dog in the park, I collapsed. My sense of balance was totally shot to pieces. And I was bedbound for three to four weeks. It took two weeks for the doctors to diagnose me with viral labyrinthitis and a rather nasty dose of it at that. It's a horrible illness. It's not life-threatening, but it's highly unpleasant. And I was certainly caused to lie down, for it didn't feel like I was being caused to lie down in green pastures. But God did force me to stop because this illness, besides the fact that I couldn't balance, I would have attacks on a daily basis of bouts of vertigo, where suddenly like it would be like a, a, a switch was flipped and the world would start spinning rapidly for about a minute and a half. At its worst, I couldn't tell whether I was upside down or which way I was orientated and the usual end result of that would be 
a hearty bringing up of a last meal. I, my confidence was totally knocked. I thought everything that I had done and I had enjoyed was swept away from me. I, my confidence to even be able to walk upright and just walk a few yards was taken away from me and I didn't think at one point that I would ever regain it. But the result of that illness and being forced to change tack was that I learned to spend more time with God. I learned to move more at his tempo. And a number of things happened. I started spending time with him every morning. It would be the first thing I would do and still do. Rather than grab for the news or grab for the Facebook or the app, I would grab for my Bible or my Bible app and I would read his word. I started snacking on his word during the day. I also learnt to be quiet, to basically shut up and let God speak to me. And one thing I was reminded of this week, hearing a talk by Pete Gregg, is that God's voice can sound so ordinary. It can just be a whisper. It doesn't always come with amazing pyrotechnics and miracles. It can come through the most ordinary of circumstances. And just a whisper, which sometimes sounds like your own voice, and yet you think, how could I have thought that? One of those things that happened during that time was that I felt God was saying to me that a seriously different season of life lay ahead and I would want to stay close to him. And I thought, well, that's different. I heard God say that. I believed he was saying that to me two or three times. And I wrote it down in a journal. That was something I also started to do, was to journal what I thought God was saying to me. And for the past year, I've been saying, when is this seriously different season going to start, Lord? And now it's here. And knowing that he prepared me in his mercy for that has given me confidence for what lies ahead, because I know that he is with me. And so thinking about Psalm 139, which speaks so much about God's intimate knowledge of us and his love, that we can't flee from him. Wherever we go, he is there. Even when we can't feel he's close, he is there. And he hems us in. As it says in verse 5 of Psalm 139, he, you hem me in behind and before, and you lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. But it's not too lofty for the Lord.
am the Lord of Sea and Sky from K. Tucker. More music and chat next week. I'm Roger Stapp. Thanks for listening. Keep well 